Hello, everyone. Happy Independence Day. Joshua Gilliland here from the Legal Geeks, and with me, my founding partner, Jessica Meterson. Jess? Hey, hey Josh. <laughs> Happy Independence Day. Happy a Birthday America. <laughs> and, and why am I saying that on July 2nd, the day that we're recording this? Well, this is the day we voted, a day when the army marching towards Philadelphia with a population larger than Philadelphia was kind of scary and took some guts for, for the founding fathers to vote. You know what? Let's commit treason in the eyes of King George and say we want to be a separate country and look like we could get wiped off the map simultaneously. So it's, a, it's an important date, and John Adams thought today would actually be Independence Day. What happened, oh, history major? Why isn't today then Independence Day? Uh, they went for the signing, and, ah. and not everyone signed that day. It, right. I, I don't remember how many months it took for them to actually pull it off, because not everybody was there. Uh, but the, the HBO special, John Adams, did a beautiful um, honoring of, of Adams' speech, because as he spoke, he had his cane and he would like tap it as he spoke. Um, like he was the intellectual justification for declaring independence. And I, I do not mean to diminish Thomas Jefferson's actual document, but the vote and everything that happened and actually getting the declaration written, a lot of that is on John Adams. And he deserves the credit. I will be happy to give him much of the credit. Um, I have many issues, actually, with Jefferson. So um, although Adams did not do everything, and we can talk about that, some of the post-Independence Day kind of uh, activities of the Founding Fathers. But, um, yeah, John Adams does not get enough credit. Although Paul Giamatti tried. Wasn't he John Adams in that HBO special? Yeah, and did a Very great good. job. Yeah. And, and it also highlighted the lack of dental care they had in the period. But, yes, that was <laughs> – uh, I am an Adams fan. I have a bust of Adams on my desk. And wow. One of uh, Theodore Roosevelt and another of John Quincy Adams. So I intellectually, I admired those presidents greatly because they were statesmen and they went on to serve and contribute even after being president in different ways. So especially with T.R. and John Quincy. Huh. Yes. That is... Uh... That is impressive. Those are all, I like all those presidents. Although I have to admit, I don't know much about John Quincy Adams. So, you know, elected in 1824, and it was a, uh, after basically um, uh, Monroe running unopposed in 1820, and they thought they had gotten rid of the party system once and for all, and that we were in the era of good feelings and everything was going to be hunky-dory. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's right. John Quincy Adams was against Andrew Jackson the first time Andrew yeah. Jackson ran. Yeah, and, and the second of time. not good times and good feelings not lasting. Yeah, you also had Crawford, who was um, in a coma after having Ooh. a stroke, and, and Henry Clay, uh, who was Speaker of the House. Right. And, uh, Clay swung it uh, when it got to the House because no one had a majority in the Electoral College to John Quincy, despite... Uh, Andrew Jackson having the popular vote. Right. And and Adams 
tried following, you know, hoping everyone would just follow along to the better angels of their nature and be statesmen. So huh. he, didn't, he didn't do political patronage. He wasn't like trying to buy people off with jobs. He was just expecting people to serve. And, you know, the opposition party just dug in, fought. They were against things like roads, internal improvements. You know, John Quincy Adams' uh, platform could be run today. Yeah. And it would sound, yeah, I'm okay with that. Sounds good. Sounds modern. Well, and I guess the good thing, as I can get incredibly depressed about the current state of our political affairs sometimes, is it is a good reminder that obviously, you know, you see these busts, you see these movies, talking about our founding fathers and all these great idealistic principles they had. But the politicians, including the founding fathers, could be just as petty I guess that's some consolation that somehow our nation has remained standing despite some pretty fierce and ugly political battles in our history. You know, the Constitution is there for a reason to hold the country together. It's done an adequate job of that with a few glaring nightmare yes. situations that have happened. But we've risen above the challenges. And just as when you look at the president tweeting out that some news reporter was bleeding from her face and being the most misogynistic raging ass that any of us have seen in recent memory, we will get through yes. this. We will persevere. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I hope you're right. We will. We went, we went through a civil war. We went through the civil rights movement. Yes. We will come out on top of this because it's going to force everyone to do some soul searching of, are we that guy? Well, according to some percentage of our population, we are, um, yeah, between the tweeting about the bleeding face lifting in this morning, tweeting out pictures of himself body slamming CNN, I'm like, how, how, it's a national embarrassment every single day. But you're right, as we focus on Independence Day, I'm going to focus on, we've come through, and think about the 60s, you know, I'm like, holy cow, the country was obviously very divided. There was a civil rights movement going on, and I mean, literally wars in the streets almost. And we had three major assassinations in that decade. So God willing, nothing that we experience in this decade will come even close to that. So I, I think of July of 1863, which, which I believe is the hinge of liberty for our country. And we might go through another, but nothing really matches July of 1863. July 1st through 3rd was Gettysburg, bloodiest battle in American history. Look at the names on the Vietnam Memorial in Washington, D.C., and imagine that happening in a three-day weekend. Wow. That's the carnage. And when you think of July 2nd and Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain atop Little Round Top stopping the Confederate charge, which was brilliantly depicted in the Killer Angels, they stopped terror. They mm-hmm. then were re- rewarded by being put to the middle of the line. And those men were, were the ones who endured the blunt of Pickett's charge and cut down those Confederates on July 3rd. And they understood the horrors of war and what they were doing. And there were those who wrote that it ceased being war and turned into murder. July, oh. 4th, July 4th of 1863, fall of Vicksburg. Vicksburg did not celebrate Independence Day until after World War II. They held a grudge for a long time. Wow. July 11th is the first Union draft 
in the United States. The Confederates had one earlier. July 12th, the New York Herald publishes all the names and the first four pages of the paper of everyone who died at Gettysburg. The wow. Next, the next three pages are the names of everybody who's just been drafted. And the dirty little secret is there was racism in the North as well because yes. a lot of the names were Irish. And the lithographs at that point in time depicted African Americans as tool welding monkeys, highly racist, <laughs> highly offensive. And the Irish in New York exploded in the bloodiest race riot in U.S. history, seeking out African Americans to kill them, to lynch them, to light them on fire, beating the faces off of police officers. The official numbers for people killed, I think, is around 500, but it's considerably more than that since they kept dumping bodies in the river. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Lincoln sent in federal troops that had just fought at Gettysburg to encircle New York and put down the rioters. July 18th is the Massachusetts 54th assault at Fort Wagner. That was Colonel Robert Gould Shaw's regiment that were all African-Americans, except for the white Union officers. Okay. It's depicted in the film Glory. Yeah. Which, despite being probably one of the best Civil War movies ever, it's inaccurate because the troops weren't former slaves in the 54th. They were freemen in Massachusetts. Ah. It, it included Frederick Douglass's sons. Wow. And, yeah. And so they could have did that movie and focused on actual real people. Yeah. Which still would have been equally as powerful. Now, the Massachusetts 55th, that did have former slaves in it. And I think after Fort Wagner, they might have had former slaves as, as they moved up to Massachusetts. But for that battle, they didn't. They lost over half their numbers. And a funny thing happened. Everyone forgot they were black. And the lithograms that were appearing in newspapers showed this heroic battle with African-American soldiers fighting and dying. And political pendulum swung and so the idea that african-american soldiers were being paid two dollars less a month than white soldiers lincoln said that's going to stop and the plans to relocate former slaves back to africa or south america to just throw them out of the country that also stopped because wow. yeah because you know there was the acknowledgement of oh they're americans too Mm -hmm. They're willing to fight and die for us, just like everybody else. And that racism suddenly died because people didn't see somebody's skin color. They saw them as soldiers fighting for freedom and to preserve the Union. So that's Well, that round of racism died. Obviously, yeah. unfortunately, even up until today, and our current president certainly exploited this, the definition of what some people like to consider American. Unfortunately, um, some people still have a very narrow warped view of that. But yeah. oh, agreed. No how people make sacrifices. Yeah, I didn't want to come across as we solved racism in 1863. No, we clearly <laughs> did not. Uh, but we, we have these pockets where things suddenly get better, where people do hear the better angels of their nature. 
and they you know it, it happened in World War one it happened in World War two where when when people served together and they fought and died together they stopped caring about the color of the skin and they only saw the same color uniform you know, yes although wasn't the problem actually after World War one that again a lot of the African American soldiers came back and said hey you know we deserve civil rights here at home too and there were actually several I think race riots where white people basically wiped out large you know, neighborhoods of black people who are trying to just seek some basic, you know, equality here. It yes. is unfortunate that we ask people to serve and die for our country and then still resist uh, those, you know, using those ideals and treating those people as equal at home. It's the civil rights movement goes back further than the 1960s. You know, yes. it, goes, it goes back way longer. Yeah. There are periods of inspiration and there are periods of utter horror, whether it's the Brownsville massacre, you know, during Theodore Roosevelt's administration, uh, you know, the, the parts of parts of World War Two that were good and then parts of World mm-hmm. War Two that were utterly horrible. Yes. And the effect that had on Eisenhower with mm-hmm. the way he would act during his presidency. So it's a definite mix, but but to look at july wow yeah how significant that july was yeah which you know as we reflect on what is liberty and what is independence you know obviously we look towards the declaration of independence and we, we know those jewels there but there's another that that i like to look towards and it's the end of lincoln's second inaugural address which is with malice towards none, with charity for all, with firmness in the rights, as God gives us to see the right. Let us strive on to finish the work we are in, to bind up the nation's wounds, to care for him who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan, to do all which may achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace among ourselves and with all nations. For me, that's one of the guiding lights of what it is to be an American. Yes. And where we are. So as I think of independence, you you can't help but reflect on those who sacrificed everything. And and to actually dig into letters and to read and and to get a glimpse of what those individuals went through, it's, it's hard to comprehend the loss. And yeah, that we still forget sometimes what people have sacrificed for this nation and not just the fact that we forget sometimes the people who have sacrificed and you know it's all sorts of groups of um people that still suffer discrimination on every day african americans obviously prominent among them but native americans and many other people of color women disabled people um uh, you know, homosexual people, and yet we still, and I saw it again with the Texas Supreme Court just this week, still seek to treat different groups differently um, and not give them the full rights that some groups here are entitled to, which is, to me, always a struggle, the struggle between what the American ideal is, what we supposedly believe in and celebrate every 4th of July versus sometimes the reality of what we see all around us. Um, because again, it's not just the people who have fought and sacrificed everything for this country, but also what they were fighting for. And I'm like, sometimes, you know, not just that they sacrifice, but what they sacrifice their lives for that does not get the respect at home. It should sometimes. It is those who refer to refugees 
from war-torn places where they were being exterminated as illegal immigrants, which highlights a new level of ignorance and cruelty coming from the commander-in-chief of our country. And there are those who parrot him and say, well, Germany is now the rape capital of the world because of immigrants. And you just want to go smack those people. Uh, but I won't smack my grandfather for saying that, but I have fought him on it because it is utterly ab- abhorrent that we are a nation of immigrants, that we're the good guys, and those who are suffering, who are trying to escape persecution, we want them. We want to welcome them here, help them find jobs, help them rebuild their lives, because that's the promise of the Statue of Liberty. That's our promise for freedom. And it's, it's the promise of the Declaration. Well, and that's what many people forget, too. I mean, I have as my grandmother's side of the family were Irish immigrants who were, you know, very hated, obviously not at the level that some groups have been hated here in this country, but were very hated. My grandmother had a hard time getting a job because there were the signs up, no Irish need apply. And yet to see descendants of her, you know, have, yes, basically want to discriminate against other groups of immigrants from coming here to seek the same opportunity that my grandmother's parents came here to seek is upsetting. And I don't understand this. I'm like, if I, you know, if they hadn't allowed immigrants in a few generations ago for my family, I wouldn't be here today. So how can I keep somebody else out now? It's not the core of who we are. The, one of the endearing qualities of, of America is the great barbecue that you know we're we're the potluck saturday night dinner where everyone gets together and brings something that that's part of their family's culture and we all get together and enjoy it because it's whether you think of it as the great melting pot or celebrating diversity there there are a variety of ways to look at it but it's our core value of what brings us together Mm -hmm. and, and to celebrate freedom and while we're in a trying political time right now with those who seem to revel in a desire for discrimination, there are those who have stood up and fought like hell against it. Yeah, that is the only encouragement is uh, that there are a lot of people, and I will count myself among them, that thought that things weren't that bad. And so I could be a little bit lazy and take some of these basic American principles for granted. And that is one thing. I mean, it's a reminder that our founding fathers knew that we have to fight for these ideas. You don't get to fight for American principles and ideals once and then say, it's all done. It's all fine now. This is apparently an ongoing struggle that even today, we still have to fight for some of those basic principles that I thought all Americans agreed on. But as I learned November of last year, I was very mistaken. The peace has to be maintained. And whether you think of peace as just stability or justice, there's, there's a variety of ways of doing that. But we've excelled as a country of declaring victory and then going home and then letting everything go to hell. And with examples ranging from World War One, yes, despite the fact that Hoover did a great job feeding people in post-World War One Europe, we really learned the lesson of World War One after World War II to make sure others didn't starve or fall under Soviet control because their infrastructure was being rebuilt. Same could be said 
uh, civil rights wise. You know, mm-hmm. A decade after the Civil War, it looked like we were going to have to fight another civil war, and the country didn't have the stomach to do that again because of the Redeemer governments in the South bringing about Jim Crow and other forms of suffering. So freedom is maintained, whether it's lawyers internally in the country, state legislatures saying no, and somebody standing on a wall saying, you're not going to come and hurt our people. We're here to, to ensure freedom and independence. And that is where, and maybe this is foolish, but I am still putting hope in, um, quite frankly, our judicial system and the courts to uh, basically not let some of the, I don't know, the disturbing passions that have been riled up, not let them destroy our nation and that they will uphold the Constitution that we've all sworn to uphold and uh, make sure that this country that I love and believe in stays a country I love and believe in. Uh, we will survive this. You know, we are six months into everyone still being freaked out. And, and you know what? It's justified when you think about the news that comes out on a daily basis. Heck yeah. Uh, I mean, I do believe Pence will be president by 2018 at this rate, but I've been wrong before. <laughs> Because I don't think the country can take this on an hourly basis. Oh, my God, no. But we will get through this. We will be better for it. For those who are, you know, I've, granted, as people know, I'm a Republican. And yeah. I'm, and I'm Josh not, and I used to have heated fights. <laughs> I am so not on board with what's going on right now. It is not funny. I miss the old days of being able to debate what we do internationally, what's a good tax structure, as opposed yeah. to fundamental core values being challenged. And that's, yes. that's not okay. And no. for those who are you know, wanting to make a difference, they actually have to come up with a message that's, that's more than we're not on board. It actually has to be, we stand for freedom, what we're going to do about it. And it has to be a coherent message as opposed yes. to people just freaking out because there are yes. a lot of people who freak out and you see crazy Facebook posts because their stress level has achieved a new orbit and they're outside of their state of Zen and completely terrified and come back in. We're going to be okay. Well, I actually often to try to calm myself down during my days of panic, try to remind myself in a way I actually go back to superheroes. You wouldn't have a Batman if Gotham weren't a mess. Like sometimes the one, the bright side of really dark times is that's when you get the heroes. And I have to say there are some potential heroes this year and really one group that has been heroic and I can't take credit for this except for it's my profession but there have been lawyers out there who have really been the ones on the front line saying no you can't do this to our nation and our you know rule of law I mean this is supposedly a country you know ruled by laws not by men um, and so as much as our current president would like it to be otherwise and so i do have to say that you know it is those bright spots lawyers former prosecutors refusing to be shut down during you know senate investigations um that really have kind of stepped up and so that is my uh one consolation during some of the darkest days 
you know, I enjoyed the fact that the FBI family barbecue that they had, that there were people there wearing t-shirts that said, Comey is my homie. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hear that. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. It's like rock on. So uh, heroes are rising. Yes. Well, well, I I did nothing of importance. I mean, I I sent 25 bucks to the ACLU and to the Southern Poverty Law Center, and I'm glad to be card-carrying members now. Amen. Two very important groups. Uh, that that's where the heroes are. Yeah, you know, the lawyers who dropped everything to go to the airports when the tra- first travel ban went into effect. Yep. Whether they were in sweatpants or cocktail dresses, laptops in hand, meeting with folks and <laughs> doing their best to protect people, just just inspiring. Yes. And, and to go, all right, their finest hour. That's something that they will tell others about. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I admire them greatly for what they did there. Now, now, granted, if anyone needed help with e-discovery requests to the government, I mean, I would be glad to, to chip in there because <laughs> let, let the games begin. That would be kind of entertaining. Josh has got mad e-discovery skills. I, I would have fun. And because what orders were issued? What, who said what? And I know not everyone was on board with that. You know, I have friends who are U.S. attorneys, and I know this is not what they signed up for. No. Uh, and Which is why Sally Yates had to resign. I mean, yeah. Don't worry. We'll see her again. Yes, we will. We better. She's one of them. She's one of the great ones. So I, you know, as, as I think of our nation's birthday, and you know, we've gone through wars. We've gone through civil war. We've gone through race riots. We've gone and seen the absolute worst of humanity. And we're still the greatest country on earth that we're being tested. And it's also testing the rest of the planet because the Germans are stepping up going like, yeah, we're not cool with this. Mm -hmm. And the French standing up. Yeah, we're not okay with this either. The Canadians. Happy Canada Day, too, to our neighbors to the north, 150 years. And their, their rodeo which goes from July 1st to July 7th up in Calgary. I have Canadian friends, and that does sound epic. And, Whoa. <laughs> you know, they, a couple asked, like, why don't you come up? It's like, well, it's our Independence Day, so the overlapping holidays make, make it a slight challenge. But <laughs> uh, they, they're, they're doing their part as well. And they have historically, when you look at the Americans who risked citizenship because of our isolationist policies, policies prior to our involvement in world war ii for people to join the royal air force canada helped yeah while this is trying times i think it will remind us of what our core values are who we want to be because we haven't stopped being those people we're just being tested and i'm confident the country will come out in a better place because of it Well, thank you. I will take comfort from your confidence. I am hopeful. I can't always say that I am confident, but I am hopeful. And this is a reminder. You're right. This is, and so it is perfect for Independence Day. This is a test to America. All right, America, how much do you care about democracy and the principles upon which this nation was founded and for which battles were fought, wars were fought, millions of lives were lost? Do we really believe in these or are we just going to give in to our basest fears and bigotry? So I will hope that we will remember on this Independence Day what America is supposed to be. 
Oh, to to quote John Adams at the 50th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence, shortly before his death, just two words were his comment: "Independence forever." And, oh. with that, and with that, stay geeky, America. Stay geeky. <laughs>